0: juices are rolling flowing we're recording oh
1: shit yeah <laughs> give me a little heads up here <laughs>
0: <laughs> why are you gonna do your makeup for the for the audio no i don't
1: give a fuck about <laughs> the audio I look like a bird <laughs>
0: birds flying high well we're here Body who's right. coming yeah yes yeah
1: get ready for her oh okay this is unlearn the world and you're listening to ratchet and woke ratchet and Ra- ratchet and woke ratchet and woke ratchet and woke
0: mom's Caravan with the Perry Pink and Blue base. Stupid.
1: <laughs> if anyone can guess what movie that quote is from, you get no prize, babe. Do they? Yeah, All you right. you get. A, f- a whole song feature at the end of this podcast yeah. and if you're not an artist then you can just make bucket. fart noises
0: <laughs> ratchet and woke podcast <laughs> shout out to everybody listening on spotify shout out to everybody listening on the block 105 we see y'all we love y'all thank you so much email us questions comments and topics at ratchet and Woe podcast at gmail.com like us on facebook follow us on instagram unlearn the world along here with the lovely I'm lovely. So little MC. No. You are lovely. You are lovely. You know I'm so
1: glad that you do all <laughs> of that yammering. I hate it. Yeah, I, I know you do. <laughs> Somebody got to <a> be like... <laughs> like, whenever I used know. to host events, I'd be like, oh, I'm here, you're here, laddie, dee And I would never, I, like, name anyone. You'd make everybody
0: anyone. uncomfortable. <laughs> it, it was, it, it
1: <laughs> I was the worst host. I don't know why people wanted me to host events. It's like, I don't know your name. I blacked out who you are. Like, who's next? Because what are you were, like, the life
0: of the party. Like, you were, like, you brought the vibe. I don't give information, yeah, I never told them to you tip
1: the bartender. Have I no logistic
0: skills whatsoever. <laughs> no. oh. But let's get into these topics. We right, got, you got, we right. got a lot of things to discuss in the culture.
1: Okay, so um, there's sad things mm. and not sad things. So we're not gonna start sad. Um,
0: right. <clears throat> never starting sad.
1: Oh, okay. So let's start by talking about how shit is opening up, including festivals. Yes. Um, the Bay Area specifically san francisco has moved to orange it's a very weird color system that you think i would have down at this point i yeah. thought orange meant no fire but orange means good
0: orange is good,
1: orange is good. red purple, purple is great purple, purple bad. is horrible I thought purple is like bad, bad, bad yeah
0: like know? purple you know crown chakra it's yeah. like it's a lightning exactly. like nope no catch is bad. corona oh that's maybe what it is oh, crown, crown chakra corona oh
1: Yo. I think I just fucked. I, I, you you I peaked like, a little but it's fine, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Sorry. But that was extreme.
0: Yeah, that was dope. <laughs> Are you going to fix
1: that in the edit? We'll,
0: we'll do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got it. I got it.
1: <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we have noticed since last week. We meant to announce it then. And so y'all probably already know. Outside Lands is fucking happening. That's going to be on Halloween weekend, probably because they just decided to announce it. And the normal time when they have it is usually in August or September, I believe. Oh. Uh, It's a summertime event. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think because they didn't, they were unsure as to whether or not they were going to be able to hold live events, they pushed it back because they needed enough time to promote and do all that bullshit. Um, which is kind of annoying because and you know I, I mean really we're like bringing
0: this up then. because it's, it's now as, as an artist as a professional as somebody who works in this field it is now time to start working like really yes. getting back in there mm-hmm. like you know if you start now you're almost kind of late yeah right? no like, exactly don't make no mistake like people the narrative has been that people were not working and then shows weren't available but that isn't to say that artists were not getting their management to pump them for whatever festivals events are coming after this right yeah. like they were I, I didn't expect
1: festivals to happen based on the information that we were given. Right. And as soon, as soon as yesterday or last week, as soon as I saw Outside Lands and Life is Beautiful, which is a festival that happens in Las Vegas every year, um, as soon as I saw those... Um, announced I was like I hit up like every person I know that does booking or events and I'm like I'm not gonna wait around it yeah, yeah, like seriously. worst case scenario is you organize and do all this shit and then COVID kills everyone again and we have to go back inside um, yeah. and that's shitty but it'd be even worse for you to just assume that that's going to be the case and then have absolutely nothing lined up I know. for live events. So.
0: people are people are doing they're planning their live streams while people are at actual concerts. Oh my like, God. hey, I got yeah. my live stream December 25th. Like, no. So like no, no one's one cares. everyone's
1: at the real concert. No but I'm also thinking cares. like as far as Clubhouse goes, it's so interesting. I know no one goes on that ship at me, but this like I see uh-huh. people on that like all day long. Like people like hosting rooms, literally like six rooms a day, and my thought is like, yo, when shit opens up, like no one's gonna wanna. Who yeah? Who's has the who room. has the
0: patience to like be in in this room all day? Like, when people
1: are at home and they're trying to make art and they're trying to make a living and trying to finesse their situation, whatever. Yeah, but like when shit's open again, like. No one's gonna be on Clubhouse.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's an inter- it's an interesting dynamic because in the meanwhile, like there's so much game to be learned from these different rooms, and it's just an interesting social dynamic in general. I mean, I, I I write off all of what we've experienced over the last year as a beta test in what they would like to do in terms of technology, social engineering, whatever what have you. Like a lot of political and social games are being tested in this time. That's
1: why I think you know, Corona really was purposefully inflicted upon. I mean it, it
0: very well could have been I mean I don't like I'm, what they you know. think that someone
1: ate a bat in a cave and became like a weird zombie and infected everyone that's, that's dumb shit essentially
0: what they're saying that
1: sounds dumb to me that's like when people thought AIDS came from someone fucking a monkey and then fucking a person <laughs> Word. it's like you don't go from fucking monkeys to fucking humans <laughs> <laughs> you're either from fucking monkeys or fucking humans you don't do both yeah okay? it's not, a,
0: yeah, it's not <laughs> like
1: <laughs> whatever do. the yeah Whatever the Dave Chappelle skit is. monkey out of rub my dick. <laughs> with her feet. Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only a monkey can give that, that kind like of I love, love and affection.
1: <laughs> Anyways, oh, okay, shit. we love Dave Chappelle a little yes, too much.
0: i, I ring a tang next week.
1: But, like, I yeah, I also, aside from the announcement of live events opening, um,
2: one you have a music friends. video dropping. No, no,
1: no. Let me say this first. Okay. <laughs> One of our friends of the show, Quinn, had reposted this thing about live events. Yes. It's, I think it's really... I mean, you talk about it while I pull it up, but it's pretty much just like an, a list of just common Do's courtesy and, don'ts. and etiquette yeah. about <laughs> live performances. Do's and don'ts
0: in terms of like going back out to live shows or participating in live events. You yes. know what I mean? So go ahead. I'm going to just over.
1: like briefly summarize it. Okay. Concerts are coming back, blah, blah, blah. So... Number one, don't ask to be on a fucking guest list. Seriously. This, this, this has been a thing. Like, I know you feel important when you get put on a guest list because it makes you feel special. But you know who are actually special? The performers. And you know who need to get paid? The fucking performers. The Bingo. <laughs> so you can give up $20 so that hopefully everyone gets like a penny of what you just paid. You know, exactly. like just fucking pay it. You yeah. stupid fucking Stop mooters. asking for guest lists. It's so annoying. Um... Another rule is supporting local artists before you go to those huge corporate venues to people that like you're trying to go see some crazy Kanye West Oracle Arena show. He's already fucking rich. Maybe and, yeah, goes, and then
0: your homeboy is like still struggling trying to sell tickets to their show. Right. This small yes. little Ricky Ding venue. And then mind you, just as an aside to that. Right. Also, keep in mind that a lot of the mom and pop venues that were supporting local artists and were supporting local mm-hmm. hip hop are gone right now. You know what I'm saying? So like now you're competing with the big boys and in order for any local artist to get booked at these larger or middle middle scale venues, they have to pull in numbers. So you as a supporter, as a patron, as a fellow artist, it's your duty to go out and spend the money necessary in order for us to keep these doors open for us to perform.
1: Like if you want to be someone that says, I come from a town or a city where there's a huge art community, where the culture is thriving, then you need to Take part in that. It's like everyone fucking voting. Like if you need Seriously. to, you need to contribute to the artist community as a patron. Like it's if you l- enjoy this artist, prioritize going to their event before you go to some huge ass Beyonce show. Like, exactly, exactly.
0: I like whatever. I just did. I just did a live show, and I was really happy to see like fans of mine from the Boom Boom Room coming to this show because they heard I was part of the bill so shout out to everybody who who came to see me rock with collectivity last week it was a whole thing it was really dope it was really just dope to be outside and be around people and just to do the kind of pre and post show thing yeah like actually
1: feel like you're at an event and not just live streaming or streaming from a different room like you're actually having a live event but that being said continue yeah if live events Mm -hmm. are going to commence like COVID is still out there. So just wear a fucking mask and don't be an idiot. You know, yeah. like drunk ass bitches. I see you like. <laughs> la, la. Like last time we were at the Midway, I was like, don't fucking touch me with your herpes COVID. Like, <laughs> I love you too from a distance. Exactly. Right? Like <laughs> just, just fucking remember that shit. Um, the social distancing thing again, just I think the main thing with that is just if if we don't adhere by these rules like social distancing and wearing a mask then shit's just going to get shut down again things will
0: get shut down like you know what i'm saying and it actually it just happened it has happened some of y'all who i've been talking about for the last few months doing these fucking underground hip hop shows because you can't stand to be at home by yourselves are now fucking it up for everybody because you're getting cease and desist letters and you're getting all types of bullshit telling you not to fucking do what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You're going to fuck it up for the rest of the culture. Just knock it the fuck off.
1: There's a difference between being counterculture and going against the status quo and just being an ignorant dumbass because you feel entitled to be that way. Like You're not being hip-hop or punk or whatever the fuck by just like fucking shit up for everyone it's just a really selfish move so seriously just fucking you have to give up your entitlement and privilege for one or two hours when you go to a fucking event just do it (laughs) Uh, no free drinks don't ask for them don't be a little bitch don't sneak in alcohol because these venues are all fucking closing artists need the money just fucking take that money from your stimulus check and your edd and pay it to the artist yeah
2: there you everything go everything
1: else is just like kind of what we said. But yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. But that's a good list. I mean, I'm glad that list is kind of going around. I think it needed to be said. I think, you know, it was done with tact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it
1: was said a lot nicer than the way I said it. But this is my <laughs> podcast, my platform, and I can say fuck you as exactly. much
0: as I want. Do what you want. Do what you want. <laughs> what else do we got? Um,
1: okay. So speaking of people being ignorant idiots, talk about how I don't know if you I want to call them all idiots, but this is more actually profiling, but how the FBI is targeting rappers who are like oh, yeah. snitching so we, <laughs> on themselves in their
0: lyrics. So, I mean, well, allegedly, right? Because we don't know if we, they did it. In any case, but I think it's become a, a it's become an increasingly uh, popular issue to discuss, right? Because a, a lot of artists of recent have been either getting killed or getting arrested, especially within the hip-hop community. And I think the conversations are being had as they used to have a few years back is whether or not Their songs should be admissible in court, and there are certain courts in the country, certain states, that are allowing rap lyrics to be considered admissible. You know what I'm saying? That's
1: so fucking stupid. It's not
0: only stupid, but if you look at it from the macro, it's extremely racist.
1: That's that's what (laughs) what I'm saying. It's profiling. You know, they're not. Yeah, exactly. But also, if you're a rapper, you shouldn't snitch on yourself. Just. Just to say that. I mean, I tell that.
0: that I tell that to the young boys in juvie yeah. all the time who you are literate but, but what's also happening, and I was Not watching. Not for crimes
1: that are like the statute of limitations hasn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think
0: I think older rappers who were in the streets doing shit understand what statute of limitations is, and they say that in their lyrics, right? Where these young boys are doing it, where what used to be bravado or cap when when i was younger right like just claiming that you shooting people what's happening now what i've understood is that these younger artists are literally using their hit records to talk and address street beef yeah so these are disc records, these are like things that are talking about hood things, and they're just running up, and they're exacerbating whatever violence is going on in these areas. You know, mm-hmm. like you have Pooh Shiesty, you have a whole bunch of other ones. I, I was watching a whole little documentary yeah, on Pooh Shiesty see. and shit. It's just interesting, the dynamic, And but that, that's what's You're going on. You are watching a whole
1: documentary
0: on it? It was like a 20-minute documentary.
1: I, mean, mean? Like,
0: <laughs> I was It was up at 6 in the morning, I couldn't go to sleep. And, in any case, but... It was interesting just watching this dynamic about like younger kids and and how they're rolling out their music and they're getting all these they're millions of streams. Like mm-hmm. he is the second most streamed hip hop artist under Drake. Wow, right?
1: That's crazy. Like
0: in terms of his streams, but the content of his lyrics, the content of his songs is literally addressing street beef in his native native uh, Memphis. like he's so so it's exacerbating the issues two of his friends already got shot or got put in jail you know it's exacerbating the issue as it always has been right Yeah. so i say all that to say that you shouldn't be addressing street issues in your records because now you're getting arrested and they're using the records as evidence in the same way that they're using your instagram as evidence they're using all of your social media posts as evidence to put you away
1: i think (laughs) that like Obviously, don't put stupid shit on social media. It's like that should just be a given. I think that if we're going to start using art as ways, as a, as a right or a way for you to convict someone of a crime, that's fucking bullshit. That's like when Bill Maher was calling Trump at a, the spawn of an orangutan yeah, Exactly. And Trump yeah. tried to sue him. It's like that's a joke on a late night show. So that's a completely... That's the same exact thing as someone taking a lyric. Like, a lyric is not always intended to be literal, right? right? Like, it's poetic, it's music, it's it's not... So, and even if you are intending it for it to be literal, you don't have... No one's... This isn't a test. You don't have to pass a lie detector. Maybe you are capping and that's for the streets to decide if they believe you or not, but that's not for a courtroom to decide. Like, right. It's fucking bullshit. Exactly.
0: It's just... It's really... I mean, you know, shout out to the people who it's really affecting, like people like Casanova. I think Casanova was the big one. Um... NBA young NBA boy, young boy yeah. just got put in jail because of an old warrant from the FBI that's But that bullshit. was an
1: old thing? Yeah, but and I don't he think it was like speeding, right? Yeah, Miami exactly, Miami exactly. Shit.
0: He had a warrant and then he was caught speeding and it just became a bigger thing than it needed to be. But I, and I don't think he's going to jail because of anything that he said on a record but then you had like YNW Melly who's in jail for, the, for that exact literally murdering someone yeah. yeah so you have it going
1: on you know what I'm saying that is so it's that's the craziest shit it's it. just like absurd you're, you're writing a song about your remorse about killing your best friend and it becomes like well, a number one mean, hit it, it, and then you it, go to jail for it murder it speaks like, to wow. what I wanted
0: to talk about Um, For a while now is creating these psychological profiles of these young Mm -hmm. artists and what I'm what I'm understanding just from watching these young boys right because it's important for me to understand that because this is the music that my my young my oldest son listens to Mm -hmm. this is the music that is in the zeitgeist hip hop is youth culture so this is the this is what's driving hip hop right now. Um, and it's also the music that the, the kids I teach are listening to. Right. So it's important for me to be aware of what these dynamics are. But what I'm starting to deduce from hearing all these lyrics and hearing their albums and listening to them is that we're dealing with very fragile, traumatized young men.
1: Because they're children. <laughs> like, well, okay. it's
0: not even that. They're children. They're black children. They're broke black children. Mm-hmm. So there's trauma upon trauma upon trauma historically. Right? But what happens is, here's, here's my whole profile. We're talking about young black men who are growing up in hard, oppressed, impoverished conditions Mm -hmm. who are being traumatized by that condition. Mm -hmm. And then in their adolescence are out here on their own trying to figure shit out. They don't have mother. They don't have father. They don't have grandparents. They're literally kids raising kids. And in what happens in that dynamic, especially, you know, hypermasculine environments, they're going to find a woman who, you know, a girl a young woman who they're going to like fall in love with, right? Like young love. Yeah. Right. What happens is in that traumatized state, you're developing a codependency. You're yeah. developing like a toxic codependent relationship that if, if for whatever reason it goes bad, say they break Which up, you know what I'm saying? Exacerbated by social media and what happens post breakup and what mm-hmm. people do, especially with young kids who are immature. Yeah. Right? What they would do it in makes social you media. Hate
1: women, become super.
0: Exactly. Like, For whatever the circumstances are. But from, from what I'm deducing in these rap songs is that the circumstances, they broke up with a girl. A girl broke their heart because they went to be with somebody who was either older with more money or whatever the case is. So their mentality is, my heart is breaking. I'm I'm f- traumatized again from having this codependency on this person who's no longer in my life who has embarrassed me and it kind of emasculated me. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to overcompensate for that in the way that I treat women or an objectify them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to overcompensate for that in the way that I go hard in these streets because mm-hmm. this woman left me because I don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just changes their whole perspective. So what you're dealing with is traumatized, heartbroken little boys, yeah. and that's what I'm
1: hearing. But now. that's what, the thing <laughs> is is like I think the reason why I said they're children and not like. Identifying any of the other characteristics that are important to consider, like the fact that they're black children, the men and or mm-hmm. black boys in impoverished neighborhoods and are traumatized, is that like I, th- I know that when the rest of the world looks at these kids, they don't see kids, they see men, and they right. treat them as such exactly. as just the judicial system, exactly. as does the education system, and it's like no, this is a. 15 year old or a 16 year old exactly. like they are they have 16 years of life under that belt and those 16 years probably forced them to have to grow up really fast and create a really tough exterior but they're still inside like they just want to be kids like they just want exactly. to be happy and have fun and like it's really fucking sad and heartbreaking so it's yeah it's, it just it's, it's really, really it, yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: it's saddening but it's really it's just a really interesting dynamic to really break down and at some point I I really want to like a to have a dialogue with like somebody who is a, a like, a psychologist mm-hmm. and like discuss
1: this profile, Ooh, like in depth. That would I be a good be idea. I'd really be have really, proper be really or some interested. Shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd really you know what like saying?
0: that. So, uh, we have more topics, yes, I think, um, more oh, sad sorry. or I'm happy. Sorry for yelling. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll do sad after this. Um, okay. you wrote some things I don't understand, so I'm gonna say something I know. <laughs> the verses with Lil Kim and Trina has been announced. Oh, yes, and you were saying that you don't know how you feel about that and um yeah i don't i don't, I don't
0: know i don't know how i feel i i, I, I like the optic of it right it's, it's the, like lil it's, kim it's like the is queen a beast, dude. but i mean it's like the queen of the south is queen of southern rap from that era and the only person that you could compare to in that era was lil kim
1: but like how many trina records can you name
0: I can't name a lot of Trina records that hit like
1: Bill that. Well, Kim has but, verses with, like, the goats.
0: But I, uh, with that said, I'm not from Miami.
1: That's true. You see what I'm saying? That's true. I'm
0: That's not true. from Miami. I'm sure she has. I'm sure there's a homegirl in Miami who can tell you ten Trina songs off the top of her
1: head. And I'm not trying to say Trina isn't the shit because she right. Absolutely I don't think, but but, but to be
0: keep the to, to, but to one, honey. I don't think she has 20 hits. She yeah. don't got 20 records. Yeah, to give and people.
1: totally. And I she just, don't even got
0: 20 street singles. Well, I was like, like <laughs> thinking
1: who Lil Kim should go against. And honestly, in my head, and I think that I'll get a, a lot of like. um Backlash from this is, I think, her and Missy would be dope because
0: Lil Kim and Missy, mm-hmm.
1: Missy got more hits. I don't know, not and not if you count the records that Kim did did with Biggie. If you're counting
0: fake features, yeah, and shit, yeah,
1: she's done a lot of that really dope That would be all features.
0: right. I, I I would lean more towards Missy. Missy hasn't but... really
1: done features. How many features has Missy done?
0: Missy has done hell. Wait, really? Are you crazy? I don't know. I can't
1: think, I think of think Missy what?
0: changes the complexion of, like, he's done hella features.
1: Okay, you're right. She did the she's Keisha did, Cole feature. Yeah, she's done
0: Keisha she's Cole. Produced, she's done J. Cole. She's done, uh, she who J. was her Cole? artist back in the day? Tweet. Yeah, uh, nobody's Cole. perfect.
1: Nobody's perfect, oh, perfect shit. but you're
0: perfect for me. I
1: forgot about that, and I you know, know she's on Lizzo's record.
0: Yeah, she's on, yeah, she's on a lot of records. I don't, she she shows up. She's on a like a lot the,
1: of features, though, not a lot.
0: Throughout her career, I can't name them off the top of my head, but I know she was a presence.
1: I guess I'm just a huge. I mean, I'm a huge Missy you're, fan, a, yeah, but you're also I'm are a huge, really Lillie. huge Lil Kim fan. Like I know yeah. all her like B sides and everything. You know, exactly. So it's that's like, what I guess what I'm saying. for me, so like it like, hits
0: like, it hits differently for you, but that's what I'm saying. Like. For I could see how the Northeast would be really excited about this.
1: I just don't know how I feel about it, yeah, I, so I you know, know what
0: I mean like i I think there are better matchups out there.
1: like who was like the Tupac version of Lil Kim? like like Lil Kim mm-hmm. to Biggie was who to Tupac? that's why i was trying to think of like but,
0: but there wasn't
1: really any, no right? was
0: jada is is tupac's <laughs> she is.
1: Little, so she the, it, can play movies <laughs> yeah no
0: she's the she's the one person that we all know was a woman in tupac's life other yeah. than his mom
1: i guess there wasn't right? really Biggie, like a there west was Coast Kim, there was female Faith. rapper like that though
0: no nah, no nah.
1: it's just annoying you, to me you had
0: yo-yo but she only had one record and what she was
1: the fuck is yo-yo yeah, don't try to
0: play me out. You can't play with my yo. There was It was a song she did with Ice Cube. Oh, I
1: thought you said Hell the rapper ago. named Yo-Yo? Or the yeah. Song is called there's a rapper Yo-Yo.
0: named Yo-Yo. Oh my yeah, God, I don't her know Her name this. is Yo-Yo. Yeah. That's, and her, the song was Yo-Yo. It was a self-titled song. Okay. And there was, you know, Sugar Tea, right? So Sugar Tea. But, yeah. But you know, she, she didn't have the level of success that would make her a national presence, you know?
1: Yeah, anyways. <laughs>
0: moving on (laughs) i'm just saying
1: okay um anyway so you want to go to the sad stuff
0: yeah sad
1: okay there was another fucking shooting in Um, colorado this time yes in boulder and um Mm. i mean Uh,
0: syrian national he was uh three years old when he moved to this country so he's a united states citizen uh, we don't know the motive though. He ca- he killed like what eight people. One man was a was an officer, se- uh, father of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, really unfortunate. Uh, but we don't. I don't think we know a motive yet.
1: I mean, this uh, it, it might. And have his AR fifteen point.
0: rifle, yeah. which is like the, the 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 choice gun for mass shootings in yeah, this country.
1: You just let that shit spray. But uh, yeah. I, I didn't even really. I mean, it's. I think these stats. My dad shared this article with me, and I just kind of wanted talk about some of these because it was really disturbing it kind of uh sheds light on why we have such an epidemic of gun violence in our country and for those of you Mm. who don't think we do like this is completely abnormal compared to every other country in the world yeah like we are an uh, absolute anomaly when it comes to this so america has six times as many firearm homicides uh as canada and nearly 16 as many as germany and so that's the second most is canada and the third most is germany so we're 16 times more than the second than the country second and the
0: third yeah combined yes that's insane
1: okay america has more guns than people
0: that's insane
1: like what the fucking shit (laughs) there have been more than 2500 mass shootings since sandy hook we just don't know. but and, and and some mass shootings don't get recorded. 2,500. That's... Since a man went into a fucking elementary school and killed 20 children, which was like...
0: What? It, it, it's a sickness. We, we, we have a sickness in this because
1: country. Because we're the only country that tells people they have a right that's in the Constitution to just have a fucking gun. And we hold on to that shit because some shit we wrote in like... 1776 like times have fucking changed This says fucking crazy like
0: it's it's pure insanity it's it's i mean it just goes to show that as developed as we think we are it's we're still a reasonably young country and it's still the fucking wild west out here so,
1: okay this is the last one yeah. on average so in the past 336 days there have been 355 mass shootings on average there is around one mass shooting for each day in america
0: and when we say mass shooting we're talking about people where four or more people are killed yes is considered a mass shooting
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so
1: and we think of it as something that's highlighted on national news and there's a gunman on the loose but i think that you also have to account for like we're talking about like street shit like yeah. when people like we don't think about that as a mass shooting we're just like ah whatever you know like but it's like no that's absolutely a mass shooting and like
0: Right. It just, it goes to show you, like, where our empathy lies in terms of, like, what we're given as information.
1: Yes. We think about, like, the <clears throat> streets as, like, a war zone. Like, oh, you signed up for that. So, like, we don't feel as empathetic towards that. Whereas, like, people that are, like, going to the grocery store and getting shot at, like, that is, like you know, a crime against humanity, but it's like, we're not accounting for the fact that people are impoverished due to like all of this institutionalized racism and all this other shit. Yeah. There's a, a whole lot
0: of shit. You know what I'm saying? Poverty is going to poverty, you know what I'm saying? And crime is part of that. It's part of that reality, but also trauma and sociopathy or psychopathy is also part of that equation, right? Like poverty is going to breed these kinds of people who are going to flock to a certain lifestyle because it appeases their mental disposition right it's not the other way around i think it it's it's you know what i'm saying like when you look at the mafia like you'll notice that most of these dudes are fucking sociopaths yeah. right For, to be able to kill and talk about murder and things of that nature with such callous mm-hmm. and 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 to do so with very cavalierly right mm-hmm. like as opposed to some kid who grows up in the inner city who is traumatized by the same things and develops the same kind of mental condition that makes him out of cool, necessity, be, though, out of necessity, but, right? But now it makes him cool to kill, yeah. right? Like you know what I'm saying? Like we always talk about, or a lot of rappers talk about shooters and people knowing and shooters and people guns knowing does killers. Make you pretty and like,
1: cool, because I felt pretty cool <laughs> that gun. not guns. I mean, it is.
0: There's, you know, I, I, I you know, no, I, I, I can't think of what the feeling would be to have taken a life or to have killed somebody.
1: Oh no, never. I can't but I think for a, a certain animal. personality
0: with a certain mind there is a there is a transcendent emotion attached to it
1: yeah that's why we all watch these fucking murder shows all the time yeah, <laughs> like we're infatuated really... with the with the people that are infatuated with murders we are we are obsessed with so, sociopaths and psychopaths
0: we praise them we celebrate yes. them in this culture yeah. that's well, you we know, don't, those yeah. are our C. Ce- to us those are our CEOs those are like our, mm. our, a lot of the people in helms of power right like it's just interesting
1: what we got,
0: um, we have about yeah, two more minutes. We got okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so oh, just really quick plug you have a video. Oh, yes, plug your video, please.
1: Deja Vu, yes, off of the album, Produced Punisher by Volume 2. Me. Yes. Produced yes, by you. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, drop in, it's out now. Bitches, really, Check that video. out. Filmed by the amazing. I love
0: all your glasses all your sunglasses yes like that was like the cool thing about it that was threading through everything i really appreciate oh yeah that,
1: that was where colton's colton Coates, aka shasta daddy on ig <laughs> uh he lays low now but he's freaking amazing and super talented and like makes films like no big deal uh <laughs> film this with the drones and like these beautiful scenic parts of mount shasta we like hiked mountains and went in waterfalls and like went in frozen lakes and like, there's so much footage that isn't even in the video, and I just want it because it's so beautiful. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: yeah. you should be proud. It's a really dope video. And we have a live stream show yes. on Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday on Twitch, Complex SF is throwing their live stream. We are the featured artist. It will be Lil MC doing a set, me doing a set, DJ Mike on the ones and twos. And getting shout biz. out Chris
1: Tang for linking us up with this opportunity and organizing it. Who,
0: who thinks I don't like him? I like him. He's my guy. Yeah, he's my guy. Like, no, yo, you're, you're my just, guy. Just Chris, just you, so you know, you're you my guy. You just
1: don't respond to people.
0: <laughs> it's, I, mean, I, I, you know, he's just like we're, that. Though. We're all busy, you know, and I don't want to make that as an excuse, um, but it's, it's, I just got to stay on more on top of it. That's all I'm gonna say. He's like, <laughs> I
1: got so pissed today. He wouldn't answer the phone when I was bringing home the groceries, and he, I, I was like this fucker better not be home right now. He's listening to like the Raekwon fucking verses from like two weeks ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is she use your phone? I just bought all this food and I to lug it, it up was, myself. But it was
0: charging. It was not charging in the room. I need to be alert for my needs whenever <laughs> I need them. Yes, I heard you. Got you.
1: <laughs> and that is how we broke up on live TV. <laughs>
0: oh, man. All right, but let's yeah, get so into this interview. Check our live stream. But yeah, we have Bonnie Blue. Let's check her out. Okay. okay. Yes, we're recording now. All right.
1: We're here. We are Bonnie live. <laughs> oh, hey, ah. You should leave the light on blue just
2: for you.
0: We should. If I knew how to that worked, then we would do it. Okay. But I, I have no idea <laughs> how this knew thing how works. To yet. Do that. It's just, you know, just oh, let okay. it let it let it happen. Let it happen. But we're here with Bonnie Blue, the one and only who was supposed to be here last week, but got a little bit too ratchet.
2: Yeah. I (laughs) (laughs) shit! I made it. Are you you going to give us
1: a little bit of the details of what happened? Or is is your mind completely erased of what happened that night?
2: Almost completely erased. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. I fell asleep and I woke up uh, about 3 a.m. and was like, holy shit.
1: But you weren't, like, naked in someone's lawn or anything.
2: Oh, no, no. Okay. I made it home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're adult blackjack yeah. by this point. Right? Yes. Exactly. You were, like, rummaging, like, a raccoon in someone's trash or anything.
2: That's how I used Not to last
0: <laughs> Not last week. Not last week. That was the week before. Ah, yes. The <laughs> pandemic has been rough for a lot of people. But Bonnie, we're, we're really glad to have you here. I'm really appreciative of your time and all of that stuff. Um, but you. for the uninitiated, just kind of speak to your own graces and, 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 and prowess. Um, what you do, who you are, where you've been, all the things. <laughs> That's <like a>
2: whole <laughs> uh, I am Bonnie Blue. I... Fuck. I don't know <laughs> what to say <laughs> about myself. <laughs> That's it. You're um...
1: an amazing artist. Let's start there.
2: Thank you. Uh, I am an amazing artist uh, that <laughs> doesn't release very much art, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm fucking. You know what's funny? I saw a clip from an interview I did a few years ago, and I literally said I'm an MC from outer space and all over the place. That was your that was your tagline. I love line. it. That was my. I, I love was it. like, why would I say that?
0: I love it. You
2: know. Um. But yeah, I grew up in. I grew up between Northern Arizona and Southern California. I've been in California now for fucking many years. I lived in the 805 in Oxnard. I grew up there um, and I'm currently in LA. I'm in the valley, a valley girl.
1: Arizona and LA, I just imagine like the Grand Canyon. That's
0: exactly where she lived. She lived in the Grand Canyon. It was caves. It was, you know. It's
2: a little further. well, the Grand Canyon wasn't too far actually from where I grew up. I grew up in a small town called Kingman in Arizona. It's literally like a truck stop town.
1: Are you like the mayor of that town? Are you are you like on bills?
2: <laughs> She's on um, their like internal money.
0: She's on like the twenty dollar mm. bill in that little.
2: I'm actually like probably America's most wanted in that town <laughs> actually. <laughs> Can relate. <laughs> I'm, gonna leave you, I'm
0: gonna leave you ladies to it.
2: <laughs> What's your sign? Are you a Pisces? I'm <laughs> a Cancer. Oh, that see
1: <laughs> yeah. water signs. I'm yeah. Pisces, Scorpio. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Is that why you the blue? Because you're like all about that water life. Like, where'd you get your yes?
2: Water all day.
1: What's your Got to shape, What's your, shape shift like of, water,
2: of or flow name? like water rather
1: that
0: part yeah be water like Bruce Lee says be water
2: whoops yeah
0: but yeah let's get into your origin story how you started rapping or getting into any sort of creativity how'd you get into hip-hop like what was your especially coming from like a,
2: a truck stop town as you call it <laughs> right like
0: how do, you, right. how do you
2: do that um well I I grew up writing I used to write like poetry and um short stories I had a little bit of a troubled childhood and grew up in like a, an abusive household and um, used writing as an escape and um, found hip hop. When I was pretty young, I, I, you know, I discovered like Tribe Called Quest and um, Common and and like most deaf and Talukali a little early, like during the nineties, probably. And just really like connected with and and fell in love with the poetry aspect, but also really resonated with the lyricism that was specific to struggles. And like I always, you know, sometimes I talk about it how it's weird. It's like I'm, you know, I'm a white girl from a small town in Arizona, but the struggles of like black men and on the East Coast somehow <laughs> like some resonated, resonated yeah, in my just... soul. <laughs>
0: this is real life. <laughs> Fuck
2: you, mom. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that is kind of interesting, but I, I think it, I think it's because of that. Like I, I grew up in, you know, in a kind of um, trauma filled experience of a household and um, using, uh, using writing as an escape kind of connected me to that type of art and music. Now- and then, like just just having an interest in the culture too, you know. Like Before. I I grew up and I knew I knew um, break dancers and and graffiti writers and I used to do photography and like I used to go on missions with graffiti writers when I was younger and mm. I just love you know the lifestyle. Like I had like my punk rock phases too. So like I just kind of feel like it all it all kind of grabbed me, you know, my my life kind of led me to resonate with with the outcasts or the people yeah. that um, didn't necessarily have a voice, I guess, in some ways, you know, I, I, I think of hip hop as like um, the voice of everyone that doesn't have one, you know? Right. And it's kind of the same with punk rock. Like that's kind of how it was born. Is they're like very, a bunch yeah, of people so anonymous
0: with one coming one. out of
2: the struggle, trying to make some, yeah, like just trying to make something out of nothing. Now here is a question. Like um, I want to so. ask,
0: I want to ask you this question, but I also want to toss it to you, little MC. Like, do we think trauma is like almost a prerequisite for hip hop? <laughs> like, you have to be somewhat kind of fucked up to kind like of. do this shit. Like, if you come from like, like moderately a well-adjusted background, well, this Lil isn't Nikki. for you.
1: <laughs> like, if 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 you do, I think you have to be like uh, kind of like comical or well, gimmicky or something.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think there's a, there's a real difference between like a skill with rapping and like lyricism when it comes to like, like hip hop lyricism to me and like the culture of hip hop and being an MC and speaking on your own life and your own journey. um, That's kind of one thing. And I think like the, the most prolific MCs are probably people that came from Trumbled troubled backgrounds and we're able to um kind of transmute their pain into art, you know, through hip-hop lyricism. Whereas like people who don't necessarily grow up in the struggle, there there's skill involved in like speaking on shit that you've never been through. But like when you're speaking on shit that you've never been through yourself, it's just it's going to resonate differently with people. But but it might be, you know, it might be a little bit of a prerequisite to to even I don't know, I guess to even wanna want to share, maybe that's it, like to want to share your story and talk about struggles, it might be a prerequisite to having gone through some shit because then you ultimately, like in my case, ultimately, I think when I was younger, I, I wrote as a means to escape my own life. But when I became an MC and I really started like sharing that and, and um, doing it more publicly, Sorry. Um, doing it more publicly. I I really wanted to like help others and kind of speak on shit that I've been through or talk about depression and, and things like that as a means of helping other people. So it, I don't know. It kind of depends. You know, yeah. every every artist is different in that way where it's like you have different reasons for doing things. And then I think once you start doing them a little bit more publicly, those reasons sometimes change, you know. Yeah, you end you know, up doing some shit for the money or you end up, you know, you end up getting back to your art. <laughs> and when was the first time somebody told
0: you like, yo, you nice. Like, like, yo, you like a nice stop playing, like get serious with this shit. Cause you nice. Like did you ever um, have one of those moments? Like, were you like, Oh shit. I- yeah.
2: It's re- it's really the reason why I started doing shows is I, I had no um, like foresight into being like, publicly being a rapper or an MC or anything like I I definitely grew up loving the culture loving the music and around a lot of artists um in the community and absolutely as a fan but I I never really thought of it like I'm going to go be an MC someday but um I had a party at my house I had hired a DJ and he brought mics and like at the time i was living with a bunch of musicians which i did a few times throughout my life i lived with musicians my friends were musicians i would always freestyle sing rap all kinds of shit but it was never anything that i was doing shows with but um he dj'd the party and me and my roommates were all just freestyling and he was up my ass for like a year (laughs) Um, shout out to him, clever DJ, that must be he, he was up my ass for like a year. Like you need to do this. You need to do this. And I was totally not at all in the mind state. Like I spent the first half of my twenties as a complete career woman in the corporate world. Oh, and I ooh. thought that that was like the, you know, I, I really, at that point, like I, I grew up fairly poor, you know, my mom on fucking welfare in trailer parks in a truck stop town in Arizona. I ended up in California and ended up getting what what was at the time, and you know, in retrospect, it was one of the most amazing things. But I ended up in this like career in the corporate world that, to me, that was like, okay, I fucking made it. Like and I made it to, exactly. Like,
0: like I'm, I'm out of the trailer park. You know? I'm, yeah, yeah, totally.
2: Um, so it just wasn't in my, it it wasn't in, it wasn't there. But um, I was starting. I had been with that job for about four years and I was starting to before I was in that job I was doing theater and I was doing spoken word poetry um so that was kind of the little rumblings of it I guess the beginning and Mm -hmm. um I I went to sing a hook on someone's track too so it's kind of all these little things that just happened that I did randomly and then that dude was like you gotta do something like just come host a show or or do something and um I went through a breakup I was starting to feel like I'm missing I'm missing something doing something artistic I was just completely consumed by my job and so all of those little things kind of ended up um contributing to me saying yes to him to do a show when it was it was like two weeks, two or three weeks away. Did you have? I had like random like beats. Like you had to like
0: go in the. I had
2: or... random beats. I like put some shit together, randomly put a set together. Like I, <laughs> it's crazy now. I can I'm see like, the montage no playing
0: it. in my head. Like you're the best. <laughs> I have. Like, she's I like, had no r- idea
2: what the rapping fuck in the fuck garage and like. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even think I rehearsed to be honest. I I was just like, I'm just going to wrap these verses, you know, that were really just like poems that I wrote that I ended up, I'm like, okay, I can put this one over a beat. And then I did the show and um, I really fucking loved it. You know, I really loved like rocking, even though it's such a cringeworthy when I see fucking video, I think there's still a video on YouTube maybe (laughs) from that show. And it's like the most cringeworthy thing. I had no vocal control, like at all, I'm just screaming into the mic, which I still do sometimes. And I like, you know, I'm a little bit more seasoned now, but like, I just get excited and I start screaming and it sounds horrible. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just, I just fucking fell in love with it. And then I kept doing it, you you know, um, and then-
0: Did you start touring after that, shortly after that? Or like, were you- Yeah, I I pretty much
2: started doing, after the first show, I started doing shows pretty regularly thereafter because he was putting on multiple shows throughout the 805 and some in LA. And then he introduced me to a promoter in LA that was doing a lot of shows at the time. So I started rocking like sometimes two to three shows a week. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe like a year after I lost my job, I got fired really, really unexpectedly and really randomly. Because you were and I- and
1: not going to work?
2: No, no, it was something complete. It was, you it might was just fucking...
1: someone that got in your face. You
0: know? <laughs> Todd at the cop machine. I
1: wish I would have fucking battle wrapped that. <laughs> I no, was caught at the coffee um,
0: machine. He had it coming. <laughs> I met him at the coffee machine. Exactly. Uh, that, or that broad Barbara at the water cooler. She always had some bullshit go. <laughs> sounds
1: like a personal fucking story. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no,
0: I was going to say that there's a lot of overlaps in our lives in in, ter- yeah. in terms of that like I spent most of my 20s trying to be a grown ass man like with a 9 to 5 job and kids and like the whole bit and then like I woke up one day like this is bullshit and I hate it <laughs> and I'm not going to do it anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I it's see it's interesting because I feel like I didn't I didn't like choose it like it kind of fell I feel like I ended up there (laughs) like I you know like I got fired from I wasn't like there was a part of me that's like I wanted that part of me that loves to create you know the artist in me was kind of like not feeling fulfilled I guess and I did go through something with that job where my my mentor at that job um she passed away and Mm. it was really fucking hard on me and she was a really, really big supporter of me doing music. Her and her sister, who has since passed away, also rest in peace. Um, but they—they they were both really big supporters of my music. But she was also my mentor in my job. So you know, she she helped me through a lot. But she passed away, and then the the company was being restructured. All of these things were happening, and I was about a year into rocking shows, like two to three shows a week and I was really kind of getting into it and then I lost my job and it just I was like well fuck it like okay rap life you know like (laughs) (laughs) I just really like and everything everything changed and I you know like I I tend to go zero to a hundred real quick when I do shit in my life like if I you know like for the corporate career I was doing that I was really focused on that. i take a lot of pride in whatever I choose to do in my life. So usually if I choose to do something, I'm going in all the way. And that ended. And the next chapter was me just starting to tour and doing shows and hosting shows. And it was, it was a crazy time. (laughs) Like I, you know, I went from having my own place and a car and like stable jobs to, basically losing everything i i I had just bought a car i let it get impounded i fucking left my car behind i
1: left my the same fucking person is
2: that a water sign thing yeah maybe i think that's
0: a water sign thing like just cars getting repoed and like oh shit
2: i had a whole storage unit that my stuff was in i i left that behind like I just completely did a 180. Like my, my family was like, what? You're gonna be a rapper? Like what? <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> you know, they they were like, really? Like what the fuck is going on? What you was know? your
1: corporate job before? Uh
2: I was an account manager. Well, so when I first started there, I I did some some shit. I built an algorithm um, for their database. And Whoa. like that humble <laughs> brag, like okay, yeah. build,
0: building it was algorithm algorithms here. You like, you know. what algorithm
2: was. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's before I went to Google. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, they hired me on to do this project. I built an algorithm and then I was hired on to like train people on how to use the system. And then eventually I got hired onto the account management team for Warner Brothers Entertainment. So Whoa. I worked for Technicolor. Holy shit. I worked for Technicolor. And I, I, it was—it's crazy. I worked with like some of the most intelligent people in the world. I was the youngest person, you know. I was twenty. I I worked there twenty-one to twenty-five, and like I was working with some of the most intelligent people in the world. I fucking built this algorithm that I have no fucking clue how I did that, but. <laughs> Wait, do you have like, royalties <laughs> on it or some shit? I don't
0: know. how. No, I, I fucking. <laughs> like an NF- in the, the algorithm's an NFT now and like you got to like, yeah. So-
2: I wish. I wish I knew anything about anything back then. I probably should have fucking worked Payed something out. But there. no, it was just that I was the hired help. And you just like <laughs> whipped it, it up
0: like like the janitor. No, she finessed it. She was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, was it, a- did it start as a temp job? Let me ask you that.
2: It did. Yes! Wow.
1: See,
0: I'm knowing. I know her, I, I, <laughs> Why, her,
2: I know her whole
0: life story, yo, because I've lived it. It's <laughs> the same, same exact shit. You start as a temp job. You started
2: you as a temp job. Finesse and that's every... your way into
0: like a career out of nowhere. Like, holy shit. Yeah,
2: no, for sure. <laughs> I did it again with what I'm doing now. I'm not even going to lie. But, what are you doing um... now? I must know.
1: Actually, I don't want to deter the story. I'm very interested. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> the story. Okay, what happens now after your the So you tour? build
2: this algorithm. Um, <laughs> I build this algorithm. No, I so basically I, I did that. And like every time I got kind of promoted the peop- the entire department that I was on got laid off and then I got promoted Uh-oh. and then the, it was like crazy the the whole Uh-oh. company was going through restructuring ever since I started but I was able to just continue to advance until the, you know, she was hiding my, in office corners when the lights is going out. Like,
0: you yeah. could have like stayed,
1: stayed in that industry if you wanted to, but you know, like, cause you yeah. had a resume, right? You could have like yeah another job, but you were just like, this is a sign. I'm doing this hip hop shit. Like, fuck this. I'm gonna just. And were you like getting fucked up all the time too? Cause that's the only reason why my car would get impounded was I'd get too drunk and couldn't drive it, or I would <laughs> <laughs> No, well,
2: all I mean, I was definitely days. getting fucked up. I'm fucked up all the time but that's not why I I just like I just had a switch where I I did kind of I guess there was a part of me that did make a decision to some extent where I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna go like literally be a starving struggling artist because I've I spent the first half of my 20s making a lot of money for a young person with no kids and like living that lifestyle of being completely stable and you know and i and then i just was like fuck it i'm just gonna do something completely different like i'm gonna go be homeless and i'm gonna fucking travel around and rock shows and i'm gonna like explore life in that way you know like she's like like my
0: spirit animal i really love it it seriously it's like the same it's so fucking crazy just but
2: yeah you you did the it
1: you trap you did like the touring before and then you became
0: yeah I'm, I'm kind of like an oreo in that respect yeah. like i was doing the music shit up to a, like a really big point and then like the music industry like chewed me up and spit me out yeah. and then i went into the corporate world and, and then, then you I went into it.
2: education yeah
1: yeah
2: ah is that where you are now are you teaching him no i work yeah. in the cannabis industry there you ah, go same thing there you go. you're same. teaching the
1: kids through medicinal herbs <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes. I did work. I did work with kids though. At what like, so like the the second half, pretty much the second. (laughs) I'm like, I literally taught them how to roll joints. (laughs) The the second half of my twenties, you know, I pretty much spent doing music and touring and then I would have jobs here and there. And I, I did work with kids a few times. I worked at the boys and girls club and I, I actually, I was going through, I just moved into my own place Recently, and my mom was over li- this past Saturday, kind of helping me go through some shit and organize. And I, I found some stuff from the Boys and Girls Club, and it totally like just took me to that time of like, yeah. damn, you know. <laughs> I found um, so I I ended up. This is another random thing that I ended up doing that I really had no business doing. But random funny things go. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Um, I got hired as the music and arts. Uh, coordinator for the teen center at the boys and girls club and I am not a musician (laughs) but (laughs) but like they they hired me and like showed me this room that had been like totally thrown like store people were just storing a bunch of stuff in but it was like a room full of half broken instruments you know and they were like we want the kids to learn fucking music and whatever so i'm like okay so i go in there and i I would go in i I swear it was a little bit it was a little bit like that (laughs) (laughs) pomona california yeah yeah struggling kids you know they wanted there was a few that it was a variety but they wanted to you know some of them wanted to rap some some of the girls like to do poetry some of them wanted to make beats so I helped them set up, you know, different like programs to start making beats and yeah, yeah, it kind <laughs> of was, but it was like a hip hop influence more than anything. Cause I would just have them kind of start to play rhythms on the instruments and try to get into some sort of melodies and grooves with the instruments. And then I would freestyle and then let them kind of join and, you know, and just kind of went like you that
1: you need to come up here but i'm not a musician
2: someday. so how i was teaching kids music i have no fucking clue but <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the finesse it's
2: that...
1: <laughs> yeah you have a way with words you Yeah, know? you just flash your and like... whites, and you're like
0: yeah. i'm gonna make you, you created song. an algorithm
1: <laughs> i
2: just themselves. i think i like i really do believe that i can do anything i want so like when i want to do something i typically can do it you know I like that. it's kind of like That's that mental thing. when you you know you can you really can I, my mom I mean I grew I guess I grew up hearing that my mom literally instilled that in me my entire life like you can do anything Aww. which is probably part of the reason why it's hard for me to do one thing because I'll just do, do all a all lot things. of things because I'm like I can do anything <laughs>
1: and everything so okay we don't have that much time left you know you're just amazing so tell us like more about recent music current things now that we have your whole backstory
2: (laughs) yes so it took me it only took me seven years but i released (laughs) i released my first music video uh just maybe like six months ago now it's called morals um, and then I rec- released a couple collab collabs song- or a few collab songs last year. One of them, Ego with MC Hollow and Kiddo. And then there's one called New Shit with Ricks Rumble and Foxta, and Gang, uh, with KXX and Lucky from New York City, which I actually recorded and made a music video for when I was on tour with Megan when we did our world tour. Hey. Yes. Um, and I have, I'm literally in the process of setting up my own studio in my second room. Um, and I have a bunch of my solo stuff. I have music videos that are in the works. Me and Rick's Rumble have been, last year we we did a lot of creating, but we're in like editing phases and all that. trying to put it all together. But I have, like, I have quite a bit in know, the
0: work. You say it's your first video, but I've, I've seen... I met you at the honey hive gallery years ago. You yes. Yes. You is my
2: first video in a few years.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's oh. what I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, I remember that video. And I yeah. Love that. No, there's
2: a, yeah, there's videos, but I, I hadn't released, I really hadn't released anything in like, I mean, I didn't release music for seven years. I released my album in 2014. And I didn't release anything until last year,
1: Wow. Oh, but I have
2: an album. Like I have an album that, has been fucking seven years in the making so that's, Man, that's crazy you know
0: now that'll Busta definitely
2: rhymes, be this oh, okay. year
0: i was gonna say Buster rhymes just released an album right that's like really long yes and it took him like virtually like 10 or 12 years right like what do you think about that whole process about like holding on? Because that's one thing. Like if you go to like music industry conferences and whatever. They like don't hold on to your heat. You gotta, you know, you gotta put it out. And people need content, and it's gonna be old, and boy, the sound boy, boy. changes, and like you know what I'm saying. So yeah. what, what's your philosophy or your approach to like having worked on this album for so long, and having having songs that you may be personally in love with, but may not necessarily fit into the current sonic landscape one way or another like what do you what do you what's your approach
2: in the in that kind of my I mean i like for me as an artist I do whatever the fuck I want when it comes to my art (laughs) so like that's you know like whatever like from a business perspective I completely understand that there's like all these apps that you can use to market yourself and promote things and whatever the fuck and you should you should absolutely like what I would tell other people to do is absolutely everything differently from what I've done but like at the same time like my life is amazing and you know people fucking love my story so it's like you just should do whatever the fuck you want when it comes to art like that's my philosophy like I'll I'll hold on to shit until I fucking die. Like there's hella shit. That <laughs> no never, this never be released. Guess yeah. what? I'm still a fucking dope ass artist. Like, I don't yeah. need you to tell me that, but, but like from the other side, I, I have grown to love the connection with people that, that resonate, you know, with what you release, like that, that matters to me more now where I did go through like, I mean, I went through severe depression, which is part of it, where I just didn't really think about like, that just wasn't a priority for me to be releasing music and be all out and everything. But um, now I I want to, you know, there's things that I, I'm i like ready to release. I'm excited to release. And I like that connection with fans. I like knowing that what I do helps people and and just having that connection so that that piece of it kind of pulls me a little bit more to like make sure I'm more on my shit and releasing it. Yeah. Do you have Such any uh...
1: cancer artists? Like you can, <laughs> you don't do it for like the money and the, you know, fame and shit. Like you, it makes you feel good to connect with the artists or with other people that are fucked up too. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any release dates or anything or just like any names that people need to look out for? Nothing.
2: Nope. <laughs> that well, <laughs> I'm like release date. I will tell you, and who fucking knows? But I mean, honestly, I think once I get my studio up and running, it won't be too far off before I just finish up what I have. Um, the album's called "Outrageous Acts of Silence." Ooh, okay. So Ooh. that kind of
1: <laughs> I like that name. Cool. Um,
2: cool. yeah, that's it's it's pretty. I don't know it's it's pretty spot on like I just I guess that's part of a philosophy too is like as an artist you should be there's two sides right like you can choose to do whatever the fuck you want but like also as artists we we're the we're the gatekeepers of culture and we're the gatekeepers of like what's going on with the times and you know we imitate life just as much as life imitates art so it's important for us to speak on this shit but um you know, I've been silent a lot. So that's kind of part of the reason why I named it that like nice. Yeah, I do have a lot to say, but I'm just not always vocal. There you Are go. you going
1: to have like references from six years ago about stuff that like no one will remember, though? Or, or <laughs> did you keep it? So it's like, oh, no, nah, everyone's going to know what I'm talking about. Um, hmm. Like that was so fetch and like no one knows. <laughs> <it's anymore. Yeah. laughs> I don't
2: know about that. Probably not. <laughs> My eyebrows were never on fleek, so I don't think... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah see. Okay.
0: <laughs> that would have been it.
2: Um, no, I mean, the, for the most part, like, my my music is very, very much about my life, so it's... There, I mean, there's some, like, fun tracks that I do that are, you know, I guess go along with pop culture and stuff, but for the most part, it's like I'm speaking on my life and my experiences and and sharing insight to different things that I experience or or have seen, so to me, that's, that's always relevant. Yeah.
0: Mm, like my that. my last question, I don't know if you have any, but my last question is just, just talk, talk to us about the cannabis industry and like where you, how you kind of made your foyer into it. Um, aside from that, like where you think it's going, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing like, cannabis like exchange services that are kind of like you buy stock like robin hood but it's like for cannabis brands absolutely Every rapper nowadays has what a strain stock do
1: we buy jay-z is getting
0: involved everything. in like jay-z whole, is getting you know, involved stream. for yeah.
2: sure i mean it's the whole thing uh, you know yeah. it's the fastest growing industry it's a billion dollar industry it, you know it's it's never gonna it's just never going to stop, you know, like it's been it's been a crazy year because I've I've been working through the entire pandemic, probably more than I've ever worked in my life. And um, I when I got back from the tour with Megan I I had left a job I was working out as a, a sales manager for a wholesale jewelry company before in like two thousand. 19 i got yeah 2019 i left that job right before we went on tour we went on tour and like in my mind i was like i don't want to go back into the workforce unless it's in the cannabis industry and when i got back i had a friend that was working as a roller she was rolling blunts for the company that i work for now and That's um a
1: job you need people just, to roll
2: friends like i was looking for work i was looking for work and she's like oh they're looking for rollers so I went into interview to be a roller. And during the interview, the dude was like, we need someone in the office. And i talked about my previous work experience. And he's like, well, like we need someone in the office. If you want to do that instead of being a roller.
0: The situation. <laughs> she went and in I, there as a roller yeah, and came seriously. out like CEO. It's like a Michael J. Fox 80s film. It's absurd.
2: <laughs> now you own the company. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's absurd.
2: <laughs> I don't own it yet, but no. I mean, I pretty much became the operations manager. Oh <laughs> shit! That's oh? crazy.
1: But I'm fascinated. They have, and it's not actual like humans rolling. Uh, the yeah.
2: Team. If if you have any, what would you say?
1: <laughs> they have actual people rolling. Like that seems like, like a, they should like have an a robot line? for
2: that. Yeah. Hand rolled. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Some. I mean, some of it. Some of it's done by machine, but um, there's certain brands that they hand roll them yeah so
1: all day long you're just sitting there rolling blunt blunt licking well she shit. wouldn't know
2: she's in the office she's yeah about. i wouldn't know i've never done that <laughs> i never touched the shit i just Has never it, touched it. They <laughs> rolled. i have a joke I- with my friend too because like we'll hang out and he's like go ahead and roll up a joint and like i can roll but i'm not a good roller and it's always the joke like come on i told you what, like I went in to be a roller and I ended up in the office. Like oh, I don't have did. a lot of experience rolling. What were you gonna
1: do if you didn't get the office job and they're like, All right, show us how you roll a joint. You're gonna like to- she was gonna make an origami I mean, I, again. <laughs>
2: I can do anything. I put my fucking mind yeah. to. So I'm sure if I went on that damn rolling floor, I would have been the best fucking roller. But no. it just wasn't in the cards. <laughs> you oh need to be God. a
1: motivational speaker after Seriously. this. Okay, that's gonna you're gonna be like, yes, man. Like you can do anything. You know that that's your next job.
0: Yeah, Bonnie, you Fuck got the cheat code for yeah. real. Um, yeah. Shout out your social media and where people can find you if they need to find you or if you want them to find you. Um, all of that. Shout it out.
2: Instagram is Bonita Azul B-O-N-I-T-A-A-Z-U-L um, YouTube Bonnie Blue. You can find everything through my Instagram pretty much. That's the main place that I post things on. So find it there. There you go. Well, thank you so much. And, and then this when's the collab
1: hilarious. coming? Our water sign collab? When's that song gonna happen?
2: Um, well, we're gonna have to make that happen. I'm gonna come up to the bay, I think, in like three weeks. So <gasps>
0: Let's set that up. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, yeah, when you're up here, hit us. But thank you so much. This was really fun. I will.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I love you guys. Love Love you. you. Take it easy.
0: Have a good one. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Email us questions, comments, and topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. We are out of here. Peace.